Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Derek this is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, returning in the middle of a seven-game winning streak for the New York Yankees. What is this? How? After the Field of Dreams game, which they should have stolen, objective, I mean, they shouldn't have objectively won it because they were trailing the entire game and blew numerous opportunities, but they objectively should have stolen it. They were two outs away and, and one strike on the number nine hitter. Not going to get into that. But after that, they took the remaining two from the White Sox, beat the Angels, beat the Red Sox three times in two days, and then took game one from the Twins on Thursday night. Seven saves in seven days. The Yankees also beat four teams in like a five-day span. That's never happened before. A lot of firsts. We're going to dive into exactly what's changed and how uh, maybe the fans shouldn't be fighting each other about who deserves fan cred for sticking with the team or whatnot. Yankee fans, 
You're the worst. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome back to the show. Uh, how about them Yanks? Oh, it feels good to be back. I've been, I've loosely followed them while I was on vacation. Uh, of course, the one clip, the one live clip that I actually watched, uh, I watched two. I watched Britain's walk-off home run against Tim Anderson, sure. and I wanted to throw my phone. Um, and then I watched uh, Loisiga's save against the Red Sox, which was uh, stressful, but also electrifying. Um, as you mentioned, though, I got a lot of stuff to say about Yankees fans. I got a lot of stuff to say about Red Sox fans. Uh, everyone's kind of pissing me off. I thought I'd be coming back to a nice little situation here. Seven game win streak, beating some good teams, making up some ground in the wild card and specifically the, the division. We'll get into that. But first, I have returned to tell everybody and talk to everybody about Manscaped. Wow. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way to all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a puke problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Get that rocket ready, folks. First schedule for liftoff, new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. You might, might need some help with that, though. I don't know. It, you know, remember like Jason Biggs in American Wedding when he shaved his ass and then threw all the pubes off the out the window and it went onto the cake like it, it, he looked like he was having a tough time. So maybe get some help for Uranus. But nonetheless, the lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. It also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and your ear. Multifunction, guys. Can't stress this enough. So if you're interested, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Once again, that is 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Wow. So you're angry at everyone. Yeah, um, I think I'm angry at everyone, too. Good. Uh, which is not the vibe, which is not the vibe at all that we should be feeling no. in the middle of a seven game winning streak. But let's I mean, let's channel our anger at Boston first, just because I do feel like what you know, we haven't have not had a podcast since that sweep was completed. You're not going to find a more improbable third game victory, maybe ever than that, which sort of turns the tide on everything. I, I think I don't think. Um, I mean, everything seemed to be set up in the absolute worst way possible entering this series, right? You mm -hmm. you needed to win two out of three, at least. I mean, sweeps, those don't happen very often. But you needed to win two out of three to assert the fact that you could actually get back in this thing and pass the Red Sox ultimately. Because the Red Sox have a baby soft schedule coming up, which I've equated to microwaved paper. It's like if you put a napkin <laughs> in the microwave for 10 minutes. It's the twin, It's the Twins and the Rangers and, okay, and the Indians who are now tanking. So, you know, they, they, they might not win nine in a row, but they're going to win a lot of baseball games. So in order to prove you were serious, you had to take two out of three. The Yankees don't have an off. The Yankees never have off days. I don't know what the fuck happened to the Yankees having off days. They, they had one last Friday, but they played like 38 straight games before that and haven't stopped since and had a double header. So they needed to take two out of three home series against the Red Sox. Red Sox are spiraling. We're on fire. It seems very doable, but then you realize, well, there's a double header in there 
And most teams don't sweep those. That's not necessarily an easy bit of business. Splitting a doubleheader is very natural. Uh, it's much, much, a, uh, you know, the stats actually bear out that a sweep is like 50 50, which is weird, but because I just feel like splitting a doubleheader is very natural behavior. Yeah. But you got a doubleheader in there. You got no off days. You had to use your whole bullpen against the White Sox and the Angels on Monday. So, and you've lost Clay Holmes due to COVID, but he's apparently back with the team, which is weird. Um, don't know if he ever had it because he definitely wasn't vaccinated because he was definitely liking anti-vax tweets um, from mm. his Twitter account with like eight followers. So uh, cool guy. Uh, but he's he's not there. Loisega Green. Britain says, I can't close. Please don't make me close. So you've lost a closer option. Chapman comes back out of nowhere against the Red Sox. Looks bad. We'll talk about that later. But you have no bullpen. You have no off days. You have a doubleheader. And then in this the day after the doubleheader, you have Andrew Heaney who has given up 15 runs and 15 innings pitch since joining the Yankees. That figure became 16 in 16 innings by the end of this game, but he never gave up another run. Doubleheader sweep feels hard to do. Uh, winning the heating game feels impossible. And if you get swept, if, if something breaks wrong in that doubleheader, the Red Sox could easily sweep it. And they find themselves up 3-2 in the fifth inning of seven, thanks to a Christian Vasquez homer in the first one. And you find yourself going... They're going to sweep us another sweep. I can't believe they came and did this again. It feels like the best case scenario is you split the DH, but if you lose the first one, all the pressure's on you to win the second. If you do congrats, but then you're going to lose the Heaney game and it's awful. But then lo and behold, they win not just the first, not just the second, but Andrew Heaney twirls seven innings. Andrew Velasquez makes the play of the century. And Anthony Rizzo makes the scoop of the millennium to win that one. And all of a sudden, when the Red Sox were up 3-2 in the fifth inning of the first game, they were trending two out of three or sweep. Suddenly, the Red Sox get swept, and then you get the cavalcade of, well, you know, this was never supposed to be our season anyway. Mm. Nobody projected us. Yep. Nobody projected us to, to, like, do anything. So, like, who cares that we're in fourth now? Like, who cares? Like, Haim didn't sacrifice the farm for this year. Spoiler alert, he, he didn't need to sacrifice the fucking farm he didn't need to perform goat sacrifices and trade his top four prospects to get a viable reliever or a viable starter at the deadline. No. Kyle Gibson was available for not much. Max Scherzer is the only person who required a sacrifice of the farm. And even in that case, I think the Red Sox probably should have given up Jeter Downs for Max Scherzer. Tell me where I'm wrong. And, and how sick are you of this changing narrative that uh, doesn't give the Yankees any credence for having a 29 and 11 record since, you know, the beginning of July, but instead it's just like the Red Sox collapsed and that's actually okay. Is that really what you're telling yourselves at night? This is getting ridiculous. Yeah. It's the classic Boston fandom when they're, when they're winning, it's everybody else sucks and is a loser when they're losing it's Ah, oh, you know, who cares about sports, dude? There's so much more to life. No. Uh, well, I said this before, uh, I, I don't know if it was the break or the trade deadline. Either way, the Red Sox had a blistering first half. We were giving them all the credit in the world. Offense, pumping, Alex Cora couldn't make a wrong decision. Starting rotation, we criticized uh, because it was overachieving, but still gave those guys props because they were getting the job done. But you know how baseball works? You know how life works, really? Everything kind of just ends up evening out at some point. And we witnessed the Yankees' first half. Almost everything went wrong for them in every capacity. Everything. Silent offense starting half the starting rotation was was unplayable. The bullpen 
was good for two months and then became arguably one of the worst in the league, the defense, the fundamentals, the situational hitting, everything bad. And I sat here and I said, look, Red Sox fans, talk your shit. You have all the the uh, you, you, you're totally right to talk all the shit that you want after what you've done to us in that first half. But guess what? Do not be surprised if you witness some sort of a flip in the second half, because what you're doing right now simply will not continue. You are not a 108 win team like you were in 2018, not even close to that. A lot of your success. Not again, this is not shit talking was the result of overachieving and a lot of luck. Your rotation is filled with four ERA guys. Um, even with Chris sales return, he's not going to give you enough length to really make a difference there. That's why there was a need for a pitcher uh, of some sort at the deadline. And guess what? Things have evened out. The Red Sox are six and 13 since the trade deadline. Uh, since that uh, 14-0 loss at Tampa, the Yankees are 17 and four. So you want to talk about a flipping of the script? That is it. The Yankees who believed in themselves despite all of that uh, uh, really disheartening play in the first half went out and made the moves that they thought they needed to make in order to get to where that they thought they should be and where the fans thought they should be. And the Red Sox made a, a marginal move in acquiring Kyle Schwarber, who didn't become healthy until what this week and who doesn't play any of the yeah. positions they don't and have and who exactly. doesn't start. Yeah. Like, the Red Sox okay. needed a first baseman. Um, they didn't really get that. Uh, so uh, not a bad acquisition. Kyle Schwarber is, is a great hitter. Um, and, no, but how much did you love the end of that last game of the Yankee series when they were like, the announcers were like, you know, the, the shame here is the Red Sox just can't seem to get Schwarber in the game because the Yankees back end guys who are available today are all lefties. So they just they can't get him in there. And it's like, are you seeing what a Roldis Chapman's doing? Yeah, like, he can't throw a strike like and he gave up a moon bomber. You think Schwarber can't hit a home run off? unable to locate himself or oldest Chapman, like get real that like that's giving out again. We're Alex Cora apologizing. We're going out. Uh, you know what? If the Yankees didn't have all these lefties, he can make a genius move and bring Kyle Schwarber in, but they do. So he can't No, you put, put Kyle Schwarber in idiot. Yeah. There's uh, that's not a lefty lefty matchup that you're worrying Same about with you sending want. Renfro or whoever the hell. Oh, Jaron Duran from third on the fly ball to Gallo. Yeah. Like, oh my god! He would have made it. Gallo yeah. uncorked a rocket, but it was up the line, and, and the yeah. and the guy caught it like running towards the pitcher's mound. And then you have all the announcers going, "Well, you know, can't take that chance." No, can take that chance. Your season is going down the drain. Send your fastest runner on a fly ball to left. Whatever. <laughs> now we're sitting here. The Red Sox are sixty nine and fifty four, six and a half games back of first place. Nice. Nikes are seventy and fifty two, five games back of first place. Nice. Uh, Orioles did us no favors in that four game series against the Rays. The worst team in baseball. They That's, have not won a single game since Jorge Lopez beat us and the cat ran on the field. No I'm not, games. I'm not no even wins. being a troll here, but like we always have everybody in football always has the conversations. Could Alabama beat, you know, the Brown when the Browns are owned? Could Alabama mm -hmm. beat the Browns? Honestly, could the best triple A team beat the Orioles? Could I beat the Orioles single handedly <laughs> playing all nine positions? We, we gave the Orioles credit early in the season, too, where, like, this yeah. offense is better than you think. And, like, if the pitching can hold up a little, it's, like, a 10 or 15 games under 500 team. No, the pitching is otherworldly bad now. It's and just... the offense is thin. It's, it's you know, there's guys. Mullins is an all-star starter. Mm -hmm. That's going to look so weird I in know. a couple of years. Uh, Trey Mancini's still good, although tiring a little bit. But the rest of the offense, it doesn't exist. And yeah. then the bullpen and, and starting rotation is 
hilarious. But again, they shut out the Yankees uh, like 17 days ago and then have not won a game since. Yep. Um, but yeah, Red Sox fans I, I, telling every like, oh, now now you're talking shit. Yeah, of course, we're going to talk shit. We dealt with your shit for four months. How many that people was the were best. all that for, was the four, best for, for four months about how this was the second favorite team to win the World Series? The Yankees were the favorites to win the AL East. What a shitty team. And now they're not. Again, we did sit here and we said in the beginning of July, this current iteration of the Yankees roster will not do anything. It won't. There was too wouldn't. many problems and they wouldn't. There's and too many over. problems. We'll and never see them again. There's a lot of changes that were made. Nestor Cortez in the rotation has been a revelation. The additions to the bullpen have certainly helped a lot, even though the bullpen still is very shaky. The additions to the lineup have balanced it out. Things have changed. Players have uh, gotten more protection in the lineup and whatnot. The Yankees have simply just taken care of business. This, how many times did we say it? We needed the 15 of 21, 20 run. We needed the 21 of 25 run, whatever it may be. Now we have the 17 of 21 run. Everything's within striking distance. The Red Sox are now sinking um, and the Yankees d- did what they had to do against not great teams. Marlins took care of business. Orioles took care of business. Seattle, good team, took three of four. Kansas City, not a great team, took two of three. White Sox, gr- arguably the best team in the American League, took two of three. And then we sweep Boston. We take that one game against the Angels. And now you just got to take care of business against the Twins. And then we could be looking at a very, very different season heading into this road trip starting next week. I... Cannot believe the things that I've seen. And also the the Royals, by the way, you know, you want to laugh that series off. Just whoop the Astros ass. Just whoop the Astros ass. A- anything can happen in baseball, which is why, I mean, it's so frustrating when the Yankees are getting swept by the Tigers on the road. But then again, you know, in a 162 game season, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to take a quick, quick break. When we come back, we're just going to continue. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I mean, there are, you know, I when you watch these teams play, you don't underestimate them quite as much. The Twins showed more fight in Thursday's game than the Red Sox showed in a three-game series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Red Sox loaded the bases in the seventh inning against Loisaga in the first game of that doubleheader. Um, and then a roll as Chapman let him walk around the bases. But other than that, they would they mostly went down non-competitively in innings two through end of game. Previously, the Yankees just had their inability to close games bugaboo throughout. Um, I do want to address Yankee fans, though. Yeah. Because um, I don't... I mean, first off, one last one last word on Red Sox fans. A lot. You are right. A lot of people are saying like, oh, you're gloating now. Season's not over. No, I know season's not over, but season wasn't over in goddamn May and June when you were running away with the division. You should have learned that by now. When the standings matter, gloating, you're doing plenty of gloating. Yeah. When do the standings matter? What what are you talking about? And then uh, I was also told that the like I was told it was obnoxious to celebrate beating the Red Sox in August. Disagree. If it's obnoxious to do that, then is it obnoxious to roll around in the laundry cart for your sixth home run of a 13-1 home victory in the middle of May over the Kansas City Royals? Because I think that's a little obnoxious. 
you know, there's nothing wrong with fun. You can have fun in your laundry cart. You can do whatever you want. But guess what? Then we can have fun when we beat you in August. Was Kike Hernandez not supposed to celebrate his, his game-winning runs in the Fenway series in July because it was just July? No, I'm pretty sure he was psyched. So I'm going to be psyched when we beat you. Jonathan Lewisick is going to scream when he get when you wriggle yourselves out of bases loaded, no outs. Um, it's going to make me excited. Sorry, that's just what happens. I know the season's not done. I know your schedule, again, is baby soft microwave paper for the remainder of August. You could easily get right, you could get right back in this. You are in the wild card. No one is rubbing dirt on the Boston Red Sox, but it is funny. You blew a 10-game lead in three weeks after being the most confident, cocky pieces of trash possible for the first three months of the season. It, it, it Power corrupts people. That's it. I mean, sure, there were no expectations, quote-unquote, in, in March, but then there were because you were the best team in baseball and you were getting Chris Sale back. Yeah. Expectations changed a little bit. They did. They and changed. Did nothing at the deadline, and now you're kind of seeing the results because look at the teams who did did stuff at the deadline. That's why it's okay to say, though, that you needed to do something at the deadline because you there's can't nothing say, wrong with well, that. We weren't good. We, what we team? We were never good. No, you were, though. You actually, in practice, the Our White Sox star keeps yeah. saying this. The White Sox needed to do stuff at the deadline. The Dodgers needed to do stuff at the deadline. The Boston Red Sox didn't think they needed to do something at the trade deadline. Yes. The Yankees needed a roster overhaul at the trade deadline. Anyway, whatever. Yankee no. fans, I'm fucking sick of you, too. Yeah, because we're sick, we're sick of you. Let's use the back half to say you yeah. guys are fighting with yourselves for no Why? reason. Why? We've had these arguments. I mean, it all started with when Yankee Yankee fans get upset with Giancarlo Stanton when he's not playing well for reasons that are are they are valid, whether you think they're not. He's a permanent. Team. I know he's playing the field now. It's great. It's helping with the lineup flexibility. He's kind of catching fire. He's got a lot more protection in this lineup, so he's not looking um, he's not looking uh, as clueless as he was at the plate. Um, but then when people call out Giancarlo Stanton for, you know, a golden sombrero and leaving six runners on base throughout the game in a in a contest that's lost by two runs. And you have people blaming DJ LeMahieu because he's not a, he's not the leadoff hitter that they expect him to be. DJ LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton aren't comparable. Why are why are we arguing? Why is there this kind con- contrarian viewpoint here where one guy who's supposed to be carrying the offense and then we're zoning in on a guy who's a leadoff hitter who's not supposed to be producing runs who yes his job is to get on base but is not a friggin godsend like he was the last two years yeah things regress back to the mean DJ LeMahieu probably is not a perennial batting champion we knew that but he we knew he's an aggressive hitter which is what the lineup needed and he's a versatile defender which is what the defense needed and now we're sitting here and, fi- and fans are getting frustrated with people who were holding the team accountable during the first four months of the season, which were dog shit, which in which terrible front, in which the front office and the ownership had to face the media. What? Five times to say, uh, you know, the team is not performing up to snuff. We uh, understand that this is an issue. We know the fans are upset. So you're telling me that the fans who watched for the first four months every single night, and tried to diagnose a problem with this team that had many problems that still has some problems. This, this team is not out of the woods yet in terms of getting through the, the best teams in the league or, you know, beating the best teams in a five to, or seven game series are not allowed to celebrate the success. That's that's now turned the entire season around. Get the fuck out of here. We were sitting here complaining, complaining and, and rightfully criticizing the team because there were obvious holes. There were obvious performance-based issues. The hitters were not hitting. There was a very clear lack of vocal leadership. The pitching was just simply not the the not the start. The starting rotation has been phenomenal all year. There's nobody who can complain about that. I think that's 
the one area of the roster that des- that deserves full on praise. But the bullpen, I mean, can't hold. Ru- you have Zach Britton and Aroldis the Chapman, who are supposed to be two of the best relievers in the game, looking like they're replacement level players for the last two or three months. Uh, Britton really the whole season, but he's had a much more uh, he's had a much more arduous go of things with his uh, surgery, his hamstring injury, his elbow soreness and his COVID battle in the offseason. But nonetheless, you can't be calling out other Yankee fans for being upset with the team for not getting the job done and then telling them they can't celebrate when they finally do get the job done. I Hilarious, because you've been saying this too, and I've been thinking it in my head, but you've been more vocal about it on Twitter because I took a little bit of a, a break. But <laughs> yeah, I would love to know the Yankee fans who were sitting there knowing that they would be getting meaningful contributions from Nestor Cortez, from Tyler Wade, from Andrew Velasquez. I would love to know all the fans who knew we would be trading for Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, Clay Holmes, and all these other guys who have come in and made an impact. I would really love to know the Yankee fans who had their diaries out dreaming of these guys turning the ship around and making everything better for us because uh, for for anybody to think that, uh, I mean, I haven't seen it. If you're not documenting it on Twitter and you're not making yourself known on Twitter, if your name is not attached to your takes, then I, I really don't care what you have to say. Uh, Cause that's what a lot of people do. They hide behind uh, they hide behind an emoji and then they say, Oh, you know, all along these Yankee fans have been doubting the team. I haven't. Yeah. But you also haven't seen unforeseen uh, moves, trades, transactions, and, and performances that nobody was expecting. You didn't expect that. Andrew Velasquez has been incredible for the time he's been here. And he's honestly making Glaber Torres not look like he's not a true shortstop. Tyler Wade's batting 270 at this point with a 345 on base percentage. You didn't see any of that. Brett Gardner is now heating up after the literally the entire fan base was calling for his head. So you're not going to sit here and tell us that we don't deserve to celebrate simply because we were watching a dumpster fire of a team try to make an impact when it was the second World Series favorite and the AL favorite. No, they're going to be held accountable. And then, yes, we're going to celebrate after you think the fan base didn't put pressure on the front office to make these moves. Is that what really is that what really these people think if the fan base was quiet and didn't say anything, the Yankees probably enjoy themselves. Don't do the financial tinkering and just take all the profits. People are still going to games or the New York Yankees. So don't this divisiveness still is. I know we're we're feeding into the divisiveness, Hmm. I guess, by talking about it. But yeah, we're the good half of the device. Yeah, we're not we're not the ones saying the the fans who were who were, you know, uh, we're not saying the fans who were uh, supporting Stanton this whole time don't deserve to be you know, throwing eggs in our face for us, criticizing Stanton for the first four months of the season. We're not doing that. I don't care. I throw every, throw every bad take I've ever had in my face. I li- I do not care. I don't, we don't need to be arguing about our team being good. I don't legitimately understand the need to gatekeep the fandom. And it's coming from people who are riling themselves up out of, out of context frustrations. Like, uh, look, if you believed in this team all year, you believed they'd turn it around and you're excited now. That's awesome. No one's mad at you. No, I'm glad that you did that and you are vindicated and you can take a little victory lap. And if you want to tweak people who gave up on this team, then fine. But you can't take that strong a victory lap because again, if you had faith in Brian Cashman fixing this team with a complete roster overhaul at the deadline, then that faith was baseless because he didn't do it in 2020 and he didn't do it in 2019. So if you had faith in that, then that's great. You're pulling that out of the deepest parts of your stomach, but not with evidence because we're going on three years now of it not happening. Yeah. So I'm glad it happened, but there's no, there was no reason to have that faith other than you're a person of faith, which again, great. 
I'm glad that you are. That's amazing for you. We're all part of the same fan base. I'm not going to rub your faith in your face. Congratulations. But again, this team has come back due to completely unforeseen circumstances. The entire roster was wiped out due to COVID, and they added Greg Allen and Esteban Florial and Ryan Lamar and got better. You didn't see that coming. You did not. See, you, I mean, everybody did predict the Joey Gallo acquisition, to be fair. But you didn't, you didn't see Rizzo coming, and you didn't see Joely Rodriguez being good, and you didn't see Clay Holmes, and you didn't see Wandy Peralta abandoning his slider and, or his – yeah, his slider, right? And his changeup and fastball focus now, and he hasn't allowed an earned run in like 10 innings since returning from the IL. You didn't see that coming. That's not reverting to the mean. That's a pitcher rediscovering themselves and changing everything in the middle of the season. There is, you know, I have I have no problem with the people who've been faithful. Congratulations. We yeah. all deserve this. We're all Yankee fans. If I'm not watching a game in the middle of June while my team is terrible, that says nothing about the faith I have in my team. That says that I care about my mental health enough that I'm not staying home on a Saturday to watch a team that's been 5-15 and 15 for several weeks and is disappointing every time they play a big game. I live and die by these games. I check the scores like a crazy person. If I'm out at an event during a game I can't watch, the event is ruined as the team loses. Trust me, not watching the game has nothing to do with not caring about the game or giving up on the team. It's ridiculous we have to devote 10 minutes of this podcast to this conversation. Yankee fans who are positive, God love you. I, I don't know how you do it. I am stressed constantly and negativity seeps into my daily, you know, affirmations. That's how it goes. Uh, we were getting roasted for a tweet from the Red Sox series at Fenway that said, if you didn't know the Yankees were getting swept in this four game set, the second they blew game one, then you're not a real Yankee fan. People were parsing the words real Yankee fan. It's a tweet. It's a tweet. Who gives a shit what a real Yankee? F it's three words in an angry, disappointing tweet. Someone was like, you're throwing people under the bus. I have no sympathy for you now that they're winning. What are you talking about? The Yankees <laughs> lost three out of four games in that series. We said we knew they were getting swept. It, it, they lost three out of four. And it took a miracle comeback not to get swept. That was a, a judgment on that series and on the vibes at Fenway Park and on the mojo and momentum that this team was experiencing and has experienced largely since 2004. This series this week might have been the first time since 2004 this Yankee team stepped up and disposed of the Red Sox when they posed an imminent threat and they were that razor-thin margin away in the standings. You can point to the 2019 sweep. The Yankees were already starting to pull away from the Red Sox at that point, and the Red Sox were already in the doldrums, and we furthered their collapse. You can point to 2009 when the Yankees four-game swept Boston at home. That's probably the only time since 2004 that these two teams entered the arena in close proximity, and the Yankees pummeled them, moving away. Also, the 2016, the, the Fenway collapse, I mean, that was a bad Yankee team with Al Leiter on the mound and a mm. bad Red Sox team, a flawed team that had already fallen off the pace. It rarely happens. But if you want to point to the Red Sox getting their, getting our goat, how often does that happen? 2016, they basically eliminated us from the playoffs with a Hanley Ramirez walk-off at Fenway. 2018, Miguel Andujar throwing the ball into the right field seats in that awful four-game series. Uh, 2019, they destroyed us at Fenway, too, before we punched back. 2017, they beat up on us at Fenway a lot. I'll remember the game of rolled as Chapman came in to save, and I don't even think he recorded an out before Andrew Benintendi had a walk-off walk. 
Um, you know, every single time these two teams clash in an important game in recent years, we don't even have to mention the 2018 ALDS, the Red Sox seem to come out on top. So it, there's nothing wrong with feeling a sense of negative fate when the Red Sox are involved. And there's also nothing wrong with celebrating the momentous outcome of this week. It is ridiculous that we have to get on this platform and address negative comments to our own fan base in the middle of a seven-game winning streak and miraculous run. But you all, everybody needs to relax. Every Yankee fan can enjoy this recent victory spate. And the fact that I'm not watching games in June is self-care. I'm obviously still paying attention. And I'm obviously just as nervous as anyone. I don't enjoy the losses, but believe you me, I follow them to the letter. Yeah, as as do most of us. That's why the that's why the anger and the uh, the attempt at holding them accountable exists, because if you didn't give a shit, you wouldn't be angry. You wouldn't be upset. You wouldn't be looking to preserve your mental health and you wouldn't be looking to hold the team accountable. Um, but on a lighter note, let's talk about these fucking guys who have just been delivering Please. upon delivering and the, the, be the characters who are very integral in, in turning the season around Luis heel. Uh, do we really need to talk more about what he's done? Absolutely incredible. Um, remember uh, the twins are in town folks back in, was it 2018? We traded uh Jake cave for Luis heel. Now mm-hmm. look at how that has turned around for us. Incredible. Well, Jake cave almost uh, stole a win. I know he did. did hit a home run. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez, who came over in the uh, Joey Gallo trade really has been, really has been solid. Uh, we, we thought it was a joke of a throw in, um, in that, in that deal really not really is, is totally solid and is helping the bullpen better than probably Justin Wilson would have, um, Loisaga is, I want him to be the closer. I know he's gotten into some, uh, tricky situations over the last few days, um, or over the last week, but I mean, please would love that guy closing games and getting him those, those more meaningful innings because he's, he's the one guy most Yankee fans trust at this point. Um, Andrew Heaney, the Heen dog, dude, seven. What was it? Seven one run against it. the Sox. The, one run, to, I think two hits. Yeah. You know, the walks really stood out as calculated to me. Yeah. Like he never really seemed like he was losing it. He was just occasionally like, I can't get this guy. I'm going to walk him. Yep. And he was completely in control for seven innings. It was. And when they sent him out for the seventh against Devers and Martinez, it was like, this is a brain damage decision. And they were gone in five seconds. Like yep. maybe the Red Sox worst offensive inning in the entire game. So boom, boom. And Plowecki pops out. Bangs his bat on the ground. It was like, that was, yeah. that could have gone so awry and that was I so know. easy. Yep. Uh, Wandy Peralta, who's lowered his ERA to 3.25 on the air, 1.08 whip. We'll take it. He's been great over these last couple of weeks. Albert Abreu, let's, let's, uh, round of applause here. Yes. Ever, since that destruction, like we talked about earlier, and that 14 nothing loss to the Tampa Bay Rays, I think he's, uh, tossed 10 innings and allowed two earned runs. If I'm not mistaken, 1.8. Bases is loaded, bases yeah. loaded and extra innings at Chicago with the winning mm-hmm. runs on base and just went out, out, done. Great. Good. Thanks. Good night. We, we've done a lot of, we, we've criticized him a lot and guess what? It's coming back. This is what we want. Guys we want you to stuff it down our throats. I want to know when we're wrong. I want to know when guys are making their turnarounds and, and, uh, and, imp- and building off of a really, really bad situations. Exactly what he's done. Um, Steven Ridings, I know we, we love that we saw from him. He's been sent down, but we loved his contributions. Hope we see him again soon. Nestor Cortez really can't say enough, really cannot. Uh, his addition to the rotation has been what unbelievable. We traded him to the Mariners like two years ago, and then he just didn't latch on there. And then we just got him back. Uh, Orioles had him. Yeah. Orioles had him. They DFA or they, they outrighted him, whatever it was just really. And Jamison Tyone, best pit, one of the best pitchers in baseball for, uh, the last 
uh, almost two months now. I'd say seven weeks. Um, it, he gets the win last night. One mistake with that uh, allowing that home run or that two run double, whatever it was, uh, could have could have made his could have lowered his ERA even further. He ends up with a classic JMO outing of five and one third with three run runs. But guess what? Classic classic JMO is gone. He doesn't give up runs in the first and second inning anymore. He saves it for the fifth and sixth after the offense has already found its groove. So. Um, uh, really can't uh, really can't support those two guys enough after the rotation had been missing Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery for, for a good while. Who else we got here? Andrew Velasquez. Incredible. I, I, I mean, mean, what's there to say about Andrew Velasquez? He the, saved uh, one, if not two games against the Red Sox this week. The poison without the his uh, without his RBI. We're, we're not looking at a five, three win in the first one. And then, I mean, that nobody makes that play at the end of the game. You can argue that Gio Urshela maybe makes it from third and we don't get the dive and we don't get the, you know, drama there, but you, you have to, you have to adjust it. What one hell of an adjustment Sh- blocked entirely by Rubenetto door. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we have, uh, I, I, I give Stanton a lot of shit. But uh, since that uh, seven to one loss against the Orioles, he's upped his average from 251 to 263. His OPS has gone from a season low 794 to 825. Um, pretty great. Uh, I'm still going to kind of be on his back because his improvement has come after we made these acquisitions. I think he still should be among the leaders uh, in the lineup without needing this much protection in, the, in uh, around him on the offensive side of the ball. But guess what? Not going to complain with production. Um, and then, guys, we got to talk about Luke Voigt and his comments very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had a problem with that, I think it's uh, I think it's unfounded, um, if that's the right word. I think more people uh, I think the fact that those comments even had to be said was, was the problem. I don't think Luke Voigt should be defending himself. He's been he, he's really elevated him, uh, himself since coming off the I.L. Um, he's been a very crucial aspect of the offense. Um, there's no problem with him thinking that he deserves as much playing time as Anthony Rizzo. Um, I understand the defense is kind of night and day there, but the energy and the offensive production is, is kind of, is kind of spot on. Um, especially when Luke Voigt is healthy and is at the top of his game. Um, I think the problem fans should have with his comments is the fact that the Yankees didn't lay out a plan with Luke Voigt after acquiring Anthony Rizzo. Is that, that, that seems to be the problem that, that, that more people should be having. Why was there not a discussion? Maybe there was a discussion, but it seemed based on his comments, there really has not been a discussion about how they're going to divvy up the playing time or if he's going to DH more and Stanton's going to play the field or literally whatever it is. So I think if there's any anger towards Luke Voigt's comments, it should be directed towards the Yankees for not really providing any clarity here, right? I think so. And again, I mean, not to raise my voice for the hundredth time, but Jack Curry, who's always right, yeah, right again. Again, Luke Voigt's supposed to say he doesn't want to play. He didn't. Okay. <clears throat> WFAN uh, hosts who've gotten 48 hours of material out of this. And Kim Jones, who we like, said he should be benched for the final game of the Red Sox series. He was asked about Anthony Rizzo's return. He didn't invent the name Anthony Rizzo in his response just to make a point and be annoying and loop Rizzo into the conversation about playing time. He was asked about what the plan was for Rizzo's return. He said he deserves to play just as much as Rizzo. Fact. They both do deserve to play. Fact. He led off the game on Thursday and it made a tremendous difference. He had a two-run triple and Rizzo drove him in from third and he was pointing at Rizzo after Rizzo scored and they like each other. This is not a fight. 
This is Voigt declaring ahead after he was nearly traded at the deadline and they couldn't find any takers that I was top 10 in MVP last year. He's one of the best hitting first basemen in baseball since 2018. Objectively true. Rizzo should be starting at first base more often than not. Voigt should be starting at DH more often than not. They should both be playing four or five times a week. Voigt gets hurt. Stanton gets hurt. Rizzo gets hurt and just had COVID. This will sort itself out. You're going to have to trust me on this. All Voigt said was, I want to play. I hope Boone will find room for both of us. Both of us, not one of us. He's not wrong. He obviously deserves to be in the lineup. Whether the Yankees view both men on the roster long-term as viable is another question. I don't know if they're going to look to extend Rizzo this offseason. I don't know if they're going to look to trade Voigt again. I worry they're not. They don't see a path for playing time for both of them beyond the end of this year. But for now, there's clearly a road. Boone will clearly explore it. There are no bad vibes here. No clubhouse issues. Drop it. Please just drop it. There's no, once again, another thing we don't need to be arguing about. You hear comments. Great. Cool. They're comments. Let's, let's see what happens on the field. Let's see what happens. If this translate to wins, people Guys, are desperate to tear this apart. Yeah. They, and this they, is, they but, want it so bad, but also you should want this in a sense. You shouldn't want turmoil. You shouldn't want uh, attention, but you should want competitive. You should want the competitive atmosphere. You should want players wanting to contribute. How many, how many flat footed post-game interviews have we seen all year that that make us just not even want to want to tune in or make us not even want to talk about what was said because it's so it's so boring and it's so the corner uninspiring yeah oh baseball's hard guys have you seen the sport out there i mean take a look uh no i want to see guys saying yeah i deserve playing time i want to contribute to this team i want to kick some ass i want to win some games so at the at the very at, at the the negative lens here, if you're looking at this through a negative lens, it's just it's simply the wrong way to approach it because how we've been looking for guys who are more outspoken. We've been looking for that fire that this this team still does need. There still is that you can never have enough fire and you can never have enough motivation. And if that means Luke Voigt has to plead his case in front of the media and talk about why he deserves playing time and why that's going to pump the other guys up because it's clear that everybody wants to contribute and make a difference here and turn this season around and maybe make an improbable run. Who knows? We still are unsure about what's going to happen. Then great. Embrace that. And let's move on because there's no reason to dwell on it. There's no reason Luke Voigt should be trending on Twitter for his controversial post-game comments. No, the guy's a good hitter. Like he said, finished top 10 in the MVP voting last year. He was the home run champ last year. He's been good. For every moment he's been healthy on the New York Yankees, health, different story. That's another conversation that we could have. But on the field, producing, I know his defense needs to improve, but in terms of his offense, his leadership, his his vocal nature, it's all things the Yankees still need. And they should be, and everybody should be happy that he is, he's, he's motivated to want to take the field and he's motivated to have some sort of competition with Anthony Rizzo because that's exactly the, the energy and, and, and more of the, the, the identity the Yankees need at this point, if they're, if they want to make a run and the best that, version. Yeah. yeah the best version of this roster for the rest of the season includes both of them starting as often yep. as possible, not every day, but as often as possible. Yes. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. There's uh, no reason we no reason we can't have him at the, the, doing some DH rover and Stanton playing the field a little bit more. If Voight should have some days off because his health is obviously a problem. You don't want to be running him into the ground. So two days off a week, have him in the lineup for the rest of the time. I, I, I don't I, it's going to be very hard for starting pitchers to deal with these guys the rest of the way. 
And Stanton's better when he's in the field. Yep, he is. Truly is. Like, do we know the correlation versus causation? No, but like thus far, yeah, he's been better when he's been playing in the outfield more. And he even said, like, it's been easier than I thought it would be. And then when Voight made his comments a couple minutes later, Stanton was like, well, me playing the outfield is going to be a big part of helping, you know, everybody play more. Great. Everybody gets it. The team is fun. This is not a fight. This is not a fight. No one is fighting. (laughs) Stanton hitting lasers off kids' heads. (laughs) <laughs> that should be more of a controversy how did it how did the metalhead kid survive a Stanton line drive off the dome yesterday and why did angel hernandez visit him with a baseball after the game did nice. the kid say no i don't know i didn't see that i, I mean I, I heard about yes. it i didn't see it yeah angel hernandez came out and gave that kid a ball could the kid just be like oh my god thank you wait angel hernandez no, no. i'm i'm okay thanks though <laughs> uh, that is it for this Mega wrap-up Friday edition of the Hicks Curry Heart Podcast, where we yelled at Red Sox fans and Yankee fans and, uh, I guess, WFAN and Luke Voigt. We love, uh, I don't know, what what a time to be alive. Plenty of season left, 40 more games. Yanks are a game and a half up over the Red Sox, two in the loss column, and one game over Oakland for the first wild card. That that turned in a, in a, in a hurry. The Yankees are in a playoff spot now. Weird. They have something to hold on to. They face Oakland next week. Scary times. Everything still, everything stays tough. No off days, no days off. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And if you're a Red Sox fan with no followers, who follows one person, you definitely did find me this week. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. If you'd like to, we'd be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? Yes, sir. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can also head on over to YanksGoYard.com. We got the content flow in there. All different types of subjects and topics that we got to talk about. Everybody should be listening. Everybody should be interjecting, contributing to the discourse. This is what being a fan is all about. Three more games against the Twins. We can make up some serious ground. Our best friend, the Chicago White Sox, have a weekend series against the hated Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe, maybe, maybe something happens. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know, but I like the way it's lining up. Yankees can take care of business. White Sox can do a little bit of damage. Then we're talking about a serious race at the end of August into September. I'm excited. Everybody should be excited. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully we're having a nice conversation on Monday, everyone. Until next time, we'll see you. And if you kept faith in the Yankees the whole time, remember, you don't deserve to be a fan. Just kidding. Everybody can get on board. See you Monday. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? One second. Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.